You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Welcome back to Mariner's Pod as the M's get the sweep over the Houston Astros. What a series that was. What a run this has been. The Mariners 6-1 and one on this road trip. They're just a half game behind the Astros, three games behind the Texas Rangers. A thrilling win yesterday, 7-6. to six. They hang on to beat the Astros. Really a remarkable series, a remarkable run. Mariners 6-1 and one at Minute Maid Park this year, a place where the Mariners have struggled in the past. That has not been the case this year. The pitching has been... Ridiculous! An ERA of 1.89 in those seven games at Minute Maid this year. But consider six of the 13 earned runs came yesterday. So it has been dominant pitching for the most part at Minute Maid. And then yesterday, outside of one inning, a five spot after Hancock had to leave. And the bullpen comes in. A marvelous job. Gabe Spire finished it off uh, later in this pod. Aaron and I had a chance to catch up with Gabe Spire. One of the great stories for the Mariners this year. He has been through a lot to get to this level, and he is absolutely thriving. And the fact he got the save against the Astros on the same trip where he was back in Kansas City, the place uh, the Royals let him go. They DFA'd him. They gave up on him. And he has been dynamite for the Mariners this year, just part of what has been a ridiculous bullpen story but it is all coming together for the Mariners playing great baseball Julio of course as you know has been record setting I was looking back uh, thinking about this run for the Mariners July 24th the Mariners lost a game to the Twins Uh, extra inning close ball game to go 50 and 50 so exactly 500 essentially a month ago one month ago since then, 19-5. and five. Their ERA, 3.34. They're scoring five and a half runs a ball game. Uh, those five losses by a grand total of seven runs. It has just been, it's been everything in this run. Uh, the rotation has been outstanding. Bullpen has been great. And their offense has been hitting on all cylinders a game like yesterday two different guys with four hit games and neither of them julio it's just it's been such a great run such a fun run uh in fact let's hear uh, a very happy scotch service yesterday after the mariners get the sweep over the astros uh awesome series uh, i can't say enough about the uh, competitiveness of our group uh these guys don't quit you know and it's we jump out to the 6 nothing lead, and you think we're in total control, and then all of a sudden a little adversity hits. Um, you know, Emerson you know, had a, a situation with his lat, kind of grab him, um, so we had to get him out of the game, and at that point you're just you're going to lean on a, a lot of different guys out of that bullpen, and a uh, ton of credit goes to that bullpen today. Obviously, Sauce has been so consistent for us, and you know they found a few holes. They got some soft hits, they had some hard hits. They just didn't have it today, and, uh, but the guys behind him really picked him up and did an unbelievable job. You know, kind of ending with uh, Gabe Spire's first save. So uh, and that, for me, is what stands out today. But you know, don't lose sight of the, the four-hit game by Canzone, by Demo. Um, the things we did offensively in this series were, were fantastic. You know, we had really good at-bats. But uh, it all comes down to the competing. And our, our guys uh, love to compete. And uh, we got after it today. And that's the only way you're going to figure out 
uh, way to, to sweep a team like that, you know, at this time of the year. So, um, you know, we'll keep rolling. Um, guys are feeling it right now. We're playing great baseball, and we're leaning on each other, and that's what this team's about. Scott, you often say it's hard to sweep any team, yeah. but to sweep a team, this team in this building, I mean, the last time it happened was 2018, you know, it is, you know, we had the four-game sweep in 2018, and we always reference back to that because that was kind of a magical weekend. We had a lot of things go our way, big hits, big home runs, whatever. Um, for me, this year is about pitching, you know, as crazy as that is, got to shut down that lineup over there. And, again, our bullpen from Brash earlier in the game, and, you know, when you lose your starter like that, there's so many decisions. You start mapping it out. Where are we going to go? How do you go? I just know that... You know, at, at some point, one of these guys that pitched at the back end are going to have to pitch earlier in the game. And, and Matt Brash did an outstanding job today. They hold it right there, kind of calm the game down. And then we got into some of our other guys. So um, it, it's exciting. Exciting for uh, watch our club go through what they did today. What was the thought? I don't have the inning, but I, I, Spire was up. Alvarez was a possibility. But then you intentionally walk Alvarez. Was that saving Spire till the? I mean, what went into that decision? Yes, yeah, that was the Isaiah Campbell inning, which I believe was the sixth inning. You know, which was a critical inning in the game. You know, uh, Isaiah's out there; they get the two-out double by Bregman. Um, here comes uh, our double, triple, whatever it was. And here comes uh, Alvarez. At that point, let's just keep Isaiah in the game. Well, it was a thought we'll walk Alvarez and go on to the next guy, and, we're, and Isaiah was able to get out of it. So. Uh, uh, which allowed us to keep Spire till the end. So, I um, mean, you know, all those decisions, you know, you try to plan for them. You just never know how it's going to play out. But it, it's ultimately a uh, credit to our players. They're ready to go. They take the ball. They're not concerned about what inning it is, how high. Is it high leverage, low leverage, whatever. They're, just, they're out there to get outs, and they're doing a heck of a job. It's got for seven pitchers to cover that many innings a lot of one run. I mean, you know, like, it was starting to come off the rails a bit for Topa. Cal went out and talked to him. He it back in. Like, it's not great to yeah, really all of our guys. And we have some guys that are hanging a little bit. They're, they're soggy. Uh, you know, this is where we're at in the season. We've used them a lot. We play a lot of close games. And when your starter leaves after two innings, everybody knows, okay, we're on red alert. We're going to be in this game at some point. So uh, a credit to them. Not trying to do too much, not overthinking, but, you know, Gabe stepping up big, Topa. I mean, Munoz was outstanding today um, to go out there and, you know, incorporate the two-seamer the way he has over the last few games has been awesome to see. Got the, uh, we mentioned it before, but the defense from Suarez today, <laughs> the leadoff play there in the ninth, or in the oh, eighth, and then I think got another one, another pick. I mean, those are huge plays in a game like this where it's one run, you're piecing it together to get to get out in that situation. Every every out is so huge, and I think they had like four or five of those little choppers this series it seemed and Gino was on everyone how he made that play I have no idea but uh, that needs to go in his highlight reel for the gold glove because this guy is absolutely deserving of the gold glove this year he's been phenomenal he works at it every day and you know he wants to play all 162 games uh, he's not a guy I was early coming in this series I'm like oh we'll probably give Gino the Sunday day game and he let it <laughs> he let me know and every other coach know that he's not taking a day off so um Love what he brings to our club on the field and just as much off the field. What he adds in our clubhouse has just been awesome. Julio, of course, had his big run. The offense has been getting going for a while now, but you've got guys left and right having four-hit days. <laughs> uh, four-hit days are hard. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I mean, we've seen you had two today, not named Julio. Uh, you, you had Teoscar the other day as well. What, what are they taking? What are right now from all of this? Well, I, I think, you know, you got to ride their momentum. And when you're going good and some balls are falling in, they're also hitting some balls very hard. And, um, you know, I t- often talk to our guys about be greedy. You know, you get one hit, you get two hits. Go have a great day. 
and that's what our guys are doing. They're not giving away at bats. It's really what's standing out for me. And we play so many close games. All those at bats are important. Um, so credit to our players again. Uh, you know, we're in the middle of a long road trip. We're gonna head to Chicago. It's gonna be 100 degrees there every day. Our guys don't care. They're looking forward to getting out and competing, and then see what the game brings. So now the M's start a three-gamer with the White Sox before returning home. And for as good as the Mariners have been, the White Sox have been the opposite. You know, since July 1st, the Mariners 31-13. and 13. That's the second-best record in baseball behind the Dodgers. In that same span, the White Sox 13-27. and 27. That's second-to-last in terms of record in the majors since then. They've dropped six of eight. They've dealt some guys at the break. And really outside of Luis Robert Jr., who's been one of the best players in the American League, uh, it's been a struggle for just about everyone else in the lineup. White Sox, WRC+, plus, second to the bottom in baseball, the worst on base percentage in baseball. Uh, Their offense has really struggled this year, and uh, honestly, the pitching hasn't been much better either. 26 in ERA, and that's uh, including some guys they've dealt since the deadline. So, it has been a rough go for the White Sox. We'll see if the Mariners can keep the momentum going in this three-game series before returning home. A lot on the line in these three games, chasing Texas, chasing Houston, and trying to fend off Toronto. So, This is going to be a very interesting three days. Uh, I hope you enjoy this conversation with Gabe Spire as we sit down with the Mariners reliever, fresh off his very first save. Gabe, this has been really a remarkable season for you on so many levels, really a a breakout year for you. What has this season been like for you? There's been so many new things. Yeah, um, I don't, it's, that's a tough question. I think just being in this organization with the coaches and teammates that I have around me has really helped. Um, you know, just the guys down in the bullpen, everyone seems to be having a good year. You know, I haven't really looked, but from what I can see, everyone's pitching really well. So, you know, when you're around that kind of environment where everyone's doing well, it makes you want to do well like that much more, and you kind of feed off each other in that way. So that's helped a lot. When you came to this organization, the Mariners clearly had a plan for you, and you didn't necessarily know what that plan was until your first conversation. It seems like your buy-in has been instantaneous. What was that early process like for you? Yeah, I mean, I you know, I I would say before I was just kind of out there trying to get outs. Didn't really have an identity or didn't. I mean, I knew my strengths, I guess you know, in some regard, but um, what the Mariners did for me, Woody and and Trent, and you know, everyone on the coaching staff just kind of pointed out my strengths and said, this is, this is what you do really well. You just need to do it more often. So, you know, it was something that I bought into and I kind of, like I said, I didn't really have an identity. It's kind of become my identity out there. Like this is who I am. I get ahead. I stay ahead. I try not to walk guys. And so it's kind of given me something to shoot for. And, and like I said, kind of become my identity. I think some people might uh, struggle to understand how a guy gets to the major leagues and doesn't feel like he has an identity, in Mm -hmm. your case, up on the mound. So where along the way did you kind of feel like you were maybe a little adrift until you got to this point right now? Yeah. Oh, man, that's a good question. You know, just before it was just like, yeah, I was just trying to keep my head above water. You know, just like, oh, these guys are so good, you know. You know, maybe questioning myself, maybe a little bit of self-doubt, but here it's just like it's everything is just so positive like we got you for this reason we need you to go out and do this and there's there's no I've said this before in the scouting reports um and teams I've been with 
in the past it's been like don't throw this pitch in this situation don't try to stay away from this don't do that and here it's it's just do this do this if you do these things you're going to be successful and so and it's all positive reinforcement so it's just it's easy for me to go out there and you know do those things yeah from the outside watching you this year i mean it has looked seamless from the moment you stepped on the field here up until this point has it been as seamless as it's looked, like putting the plan into play and that's been it through the course of the season? Yeah, I mean, there was a little bit of a learning curve, um, I would say, in spring training, kind of really buying into, like, throwing strike one and getting ahead of guys because, you know, you remember the ones where you throw strike one and the guy hits it off the wall. You remember those. You don't remember the ones where they take strike one or they foul it off or they even get themselves out on first pitch. So it was there definitely was a little bit of a learning curve in spring, but once you know i went through spring and you know tried to do what they were telling me the best i could and then saw the results it was like oh this works Mm -hmm. and so it was from there it was just like all right let's keep doing it the mariners emphasize getting ahead with that that first pitch so much and as we've kind of looked at the reliever leaderboards off and on throughout the course of the season you have either been number one among all major league relievers in first pitch strike rate or right in the top five or so in all of baseball how much of that is new to you, and how much of that was already a part of you and made you attractive to the Mariners? Um, as far as first pitch strikes, I don't think this is the first year where I've really bought into that. Um, I wouldn't say I did that in the past. Even my first conversation with Woody, our pitching coach, was uh, you don't do this really well. <laughs> <laughs> but, but we like your stuff, and we want you to do this. So, so, uh, so yeah, I wouldn't say it was like something I'd, I've done in the past. It was just that's been kind of the point of emphasis that they've had, like you know put in front of me and just trying to do it the best I can. And not only are you having a, a great year, you are pitching in some of the biggest situations in every game. How much are you relishing that, pitching in the big moments, pitching in the leverage situations? It's, it's so awesome. I mean, when I look back, um, like when I was with Kansas City, I was either like this, you know, kind of like the eighth guy in the bullpen. And now, you know, I don't know where I'm at exactly, but I'm definitely, you know, in the top couple or whatever. But uh, it's just been awesome. I mean, every reliever wants the ball in the big moment, and they've given it to me at times, and it's been it's been a blessing. I, I feel great about it. We're talking with Mariners reliever Gabe Spire. When we talk about the first pitch strikes, that seems like something that if any pitcher wanted to do more of that, they theoretically could, right? Just mm-hmm. throw it more in the zone. But obviously yeah. that's a more difficult thing than it sounds, or more pitchers would be doing that. What was it that really flipped the switch for you, other than the Mariners telling you, do this more? What was it that gave you the conviction and the, the actual ability to do that? Yeah, I'm glad you asked that because, you know, when they, you know, first pitch strike, you think, okay, well, let's just lay it in there, you know, first <laughs> pitch strike right down the middle. It's not that, obviously. You know, these hitters are very good, um, so you can't just do that. It's, it's I'm going to throw my best sinker, slider, whatever you have. Um, yeah, I do aim it down the middle. But I throw it as hard as I can. This is my best sinker. This is my best slider. You're getting first pitch. And luckily, my sinker moves, and so does my slider. So when I aim down the middle, you know, the sinker finishes arm side, and the slider goes glove side. So it, it rarely ends up in the middle of the plate. But my mentality is I'm aiming down the middle, and I'm throwing it as hard as I can. And, you know, so far it's worked out. So... Um, yeah, it's been awesome. Have you always thrown the sinker and slider the same way with the same intent? Um, same way. 
Um, yes, with the same intent. I mean, not uh, same intent as far as conviction, but um, I just my sights are just middle middle, mm-hmm. and I let the one work this way and the other work that way. Whereas before, I was maybe trying to nibble like oh, I gotta make this hit the edge, and and you know what really opened my eyes was when the Mariners showed me kind of the the heat maps of like, all right, your sinker plays best in this area. And what I was expecting was this tiny little area, but it's this massive area. It's like this half of the plate, Mm -hmm. it works well. So I'm like, Oh my gosh, well that makes it easier on me. Like, you know, like I don't have to pinpoint this pitch. It's just hit this green cloud, you know, and it's bigger. It's a lot bigger than what I was expecting. So I'm like, Oh, well that makes it easier. I can just aim for this big cloud and throw it as hard as I can. And so, yeah, (laughs) So you talk about aiming right down the middle. We know Tom Murphy and Cal Raleigh, your catchers, they, they can move, right? Sometimes they set up more inside, more outside, higher, lower. Where are you in terms of liking them to shift one way or the other, or do you not even focus on that if they do do that? Uh, I don't necessarily really focus on it, but ideally early in the count I'm trying to get ahead. Um, so I like them setting up middle. Um, and then, you know, if it's once I get 0-2, 1-2, um, then, you know, shade a little off the plate because, you know, once you get ahead, then you can start to expand. But it's uh, you have to get ahead first. You can't just expand from right from the get-go. So, um, yeah, I'd say I like a middle-middle early in the count. And then from there, once we get ahead, then we can start playing around a little bit, kind of moving one way or another. When you go into a series, you know most likely you're going to get pockets with lefties in it. How do you get ready for a series? Do you look at specific guys, or do you just do what you do? I look at everybody. Um, I know that, there, yeah, there's guys that I'm more likely going to face, but um, and I, I study them, uh, but I study the whole lineup. Um, mm-hmm. I try to put myself, you know, mentally kind of in every scenario of like, okay, if I face this guy, how am I going to get ahead of him? What what pitch am I going to get ahead with him? And what am I going to try to put him away with? So, um, yeah, obviously I focus more on my pockets. Like when when those pockets are coming up, I start getting ready because I figure, you know, I might be next out of the bullpen. But um, as far as studying hitters, I try to study the whole lineup. Mm. Gabe, we talked about the changes for you this year. Not only right, new organization, uh, you've increased and changed your role in the bullpen, clearly. You've changed your uh, your pitches in some ways, more the two-seamer. Was there a time this year where you had uh, an appearance and you had a very good appearance, and when you're walking back to the dugout, you're thinking to yourself, like, this is happening. Like, this is – like, Gabe Spire has arrived. This is a <laughs> breakout season for Gabe Spire. Man, I, I wish. It happens more for me after. Like, I'm so filled with adrenaline and that I'm just pumped – you know, I'm pumped for the, my team that I did my job uh, and that, you know, my day's done and I, I did what, everything I could. But um, maybe later that night is when it truly it's like, wow, like I just did that. That's and I get to take a step back and kind of, you know, look at it from a different uh, perspective. And that's when it's like, wow, this is it's been so fun this year. And this group of guys, it's it's just been a blast. I mean, you've been through a lot to get here mm-hmm. uh, with Kansas City. You're up and down a ton. You didn't get a ton of opportunities at times. How much more meaningful does that make this, everything you're doing this year? Yeah. Um, yeah, my road to the big leagues has not been an easy one, that's for sure. Um, it makes it more special, I'd say. You know, I, I didn't get a red carpet to the big leagues. I've been DFA'd twice, traded four times. This is my sixth organization. You know, it's been a long road. Um, but I just, just the positive reinforcement I've gotten here and, 
and I don't know. It's just been amazing. It's been a blessing for sure. When we talk about the cohesion of a bullpen, like how much of that is people on the outside just wanting to make something up about relievers, and how much of that is real, like the group mentality of a bullpen? Because the Mariners have had such a great bullpen for so long now. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's real down there. I mean, we're all having a blast. It's uh, when somebody hits a home run, we're going crazy out there. When when our starters punching guys out, we're going crazy. But when when it starts, you know. Um, the game's starting to turn over towards the bullpen. It's it's you can feel the shift. Like we're all out there for the first four to six innings having a good time, but when it's time to go, you can tell everyone locks in. And and then when you know one of my bullpen teammates goes out into the game, everyone's like, "Let's go, come on!" And you could just tell everyone's got their back, uh, each other's backs, and it's it's awesome. You know, it's interesting when you look at how successful this bullpen has been and. You, Sauceda, Topa in particular, all three, your journeys here, a lot to get here, and all thriving at the same time. Are there some similarities that you look at with when you look around at you three and the success you're having this year? Yeah, I think we all just have bought into like the kind of Mariner approach, the bullpen approach of just getting ahead, like winning the O's and the one ones and and um, like I said before, we it's it's been awesome. We feed off each other. We pick each other's brains, and it's and and at the same time, we have a great time out there. Mm-hmm. And man, it's just it's just such a good situation. It's um, it's been a lot of fun. You're a California guy. Mm-hmm. Tell us about baseball growing up. When you knew that it would be part of your future, I guess I was always a decent player in little league. Um, I made some all-star teams, and I didn't make some all-star teams because um, I developed a little bit later. It, but in junior high is when I kind of realized, like, okay, like I'm throwing harder than most of the kids now. And, I'm, you know, I went to high school and ended up making varsity as a freshman. And, um, and then I started getting looks from colleges around my sophomore year, and I thought I was going to be a college baseball player. And then my senior year is when I started getting looks from – um, professional scouts and I was like all right well this is what I've always dreamed of this is what I want to do so I jumped on that and uh, yeah and then seven years later made my debut and here I am as as a mariner loving it um, but yeah growing up playing baseball in California it's it was hard you know I didn't experience anything else but from my perspective it was the best thing <laughs> ever you know so um, yeah it was a blast who are you a fan of growing up um, my my cousin Justin Spire was a relief pitcher for 10 plus years in the big leagues he was you know always i was watched his games uh i grew up a giants fan so i loved barry bonds jt snow that whole like early 2000s uh giants teams but i always kind of saw myself in a pitcher named noah lowry he was a left-handed oh. starter for the giants in that kind of early 2000s era um, we talk about him all the time <laughs> yeah <laughs> yeah probably a name most of you guys haven't heard of but when i was a kid I like tried to mimic him. He was, uh, he was, yeah, he was kind of like the guy I looked up to. How has your relationship with your cousin Justin? How, like, how did that help you navigate the trials and tribulations, the successes and the failures of this profession? Yeah, I mean, it's awesome to have a guy with that much, you know, major league service time in in your family, in your corner, uh, somebody I can lean on, and you know, not everybody can has experienced this and uh, so like I talked to my dad a lot but you know he hasn't been through it so there are some questions that 
you know, I have to ask Justin, and uh, he's been great. I mean, every single time I call, he picks up, and every time I have a tough question, he's got a great answer because so, he's been through it all. So it's been awesome to have him in my corner. Do you find yourself over the years talking to him more about the – not the, hey, what pitch should I throw in this count? But yeah. more of the kind of the bigger things of yeah. this lifestyle. Yeah, absolutely. More of like the mental side, kind of staying prepared and and uh, how do you get yourself out of a rut kind of deal. Stuff like that. More mental stuff than like pitch selection and pitch grips and mechanics. Not so much that stuff, but more more of the mental side. When you watch you pitch, you, you're always sleeveless, right? I don't remember you mm-hmm. most early, of the time. Early in the year, I wore some sleeves on those really cold nights. But that's, okay. yeah. So, can we talk tattoos? Yeah, sure. Since we get a chance to look at them all the time while you're yeah. pitching? Okay, so let's start with the, the throwing arm. What, what do you have for us on the forearm? Um, I have a tiger on my bicep area. Um, honestly, this was one of my more recent tattoos. I got it because I thought it looked cool. That's It does look cool. Yeah. Yeah. And then same with the eagle with the snake on my like forearm area. Um, it had some representation. My uncle's battle with cancer, he lost fight to cancer a couple years ago and it was kind of like you know these two animals battling each other and it was kind of representing his like battle with cancer but yeah and then i have another one for my uncle it's, this is he's patron saint or is um angel michael so i have angel michael tattooed on my right forearm and then i have a little saying here um i put my god in uh, my trust in god so i will not fear it's just a little something i you know because the lifestyle I live, you know, you know, it's stressful. So I just a little saying, like, I put my, my trust in God so I, I won't fear. But, um, yeah. And then I've got another one, a rose with a sword going through it. Uh, got it because I thought it looked cool. And then this one was um, I have three siblings, so I got three roses on my arm with a dove above it, which the dove, I'm Christian, and the dove's like the Holy Spirit, so it's like the Holy Spirit's looking over my siblings. But, uh you mentioned this profession being stressful. Mm-hmm. How do you deal with it? Man, I just love it so much. I mean, it's just the love for the game outweighs the stress. Mm. Um, you know, the stress for me, it's kind of the anticipation of, of you know, fear of failure. That's always in everybody's mind. Um, but um, when I'm out there, it all converts into adrenaline and I'm ready to go. And But um, it's been good. I mean, it's stressful game. Um, not at, even you could throw the ball really well and things could not go your way and you can throw the ball not very well and have a scoreless <laughs> inning. So, um, <laughs> um, but no, I mean, like I said, the love for the game just far outweighs the stress. So it's, it's something I want to do for as long as I can. Hmm. We have discovered a thing in your bullpen, Taylor Saucedo stories. Oh, yes. Now, we've heard one that revolves around uh, him using the North Star for navigation uh-huh. uh, to his home where he's lived his whole life. Yes. Um, off the top of your head, is there a Taylor Saucedo story? Oh, my gosh. That guy. I, it, there's so many stories it would be hard to choose from. But, yes, that North Star one, he, he could tell it way better than I. But it, but it goes, we went to the Kraken hockey game. And on our way back to my car, my car was broken into. Oh, no. Yeah. So um, he felt bad. He didn't want to – I was going to give him a ride home, but he didn't – he felt bad. He thought I had too much on my plate. So he was going to order an Uber, but his phone ended up dying. So he was kind of on his own, and he was trying to find his way home, and apparently he 
the North Star helped him get home for somehow. <laughs> it's so, so Yeah. It's so good. Do you yeah. think if – I mean, to give Sauce a little credit here, because the answer to this for me would be no. If somebody said to you, Gabe, you need to use the North Star to navigate, <laughs> would you be capable of such a feat? I don't know. I Probably not. No. Um, it's pretty funny how useless we become without our phones, you know? Um, but um, he, he ended up making it home, so good for him. But I, I, I wish I would have just given him a ride home. <laughs> I mean, but there was glass all in my back seat. He, yeah, so, but yeah. So even, like, this is a great evidence of big leaguers are real people. <laughs> yeah. Like, even big leaguers get their car broken into. Uh-huh. Do everything get settled? The car? We got a new window? What's going yeah, on? Yeah, yeah. I mean, I got it fixed the next day. Um, luckily, I was able to get my truck into the shop right away and it, it was seamless but and insurance took care of it. it was fine but it did lead to a great story yes so yeah. you sacrificed your car window yeah for a, a Saucedo legendary story yeah yeah how's the dog adjusting to seattle life he loves it i mean we go um to the there's a place on mercer island where he can like go in the water and like a dog park with a, a little like lake beach that and he loves it um you know back in california he kind of He's a little timid when it comes to the ocean water with the waves and stuff, but out out in Seattle, he he thrives with the the lakes and stuff. So it's been great. How nice. do you? I mean, you you move around so much as a pro ball player from organization to organization within the org, up and down from the minors to the majors. Do you ever feel at home? I mean, like I, that, that must take a while, depending on where you are. But mm-hmm. is there ever a time where, when you're not at the ballpark and you're in your home and you are being a real person, where you feel like, "Hey, this is, I, I it's not my home, but I, I feel like." Yeah, I'd say here. I mean, playing for Seattle. I mean, I grew up in California with that, you know, that kind of drier weather with the ocean breeze, and you get that in Seattle. The weather it doesn't get too hot and humid. Just like where I'm from, um, I feel really comfortable within the organization in the bullpen with my teammates. So just being comfortable at my, you know, at work, I guess you could say. <laughs> and then um, also my wife is pregnant, and so like that's kind of like you know starting our family. So I just definitely feel at home in Seattle for sure. Congratulations, oh, man! Thank you, thank uh, you. When's uh, when's due date? Uh, early January, so perfect timing, right before spring training. Po- yeah, off season baby. <laughs> yes, off season baby. Yes. you nailed it, man. Yeah, you nailed it. Yeah. Now, do we know gender? Are we gonna be surprised? Yeah, no, it's a baby boy, so we're happy about that. I mean, either way, we would have been happy, but it's exciting. That's outstanding, man. Yeah, that's uh, that's a game changer yeah. in a very good way. Yeah, yeah, we're excited. It's gonna be a lot of fun. This has been really great. Uh, we know you've got so much each and every day, but it's really fun just to kind of hear the, the real-life side of all you guys, and you yeah. in particular. So thank you for this. No, yeah, thanks for having me on. It's always fun to take a step back and just chat, have normal conversation, talk about what I've been through this year. So thank you. I appreciate it. Hey, Rob Bradford here. You guys know I'm always up for a good MVP story, and one of the best stories is Wasabi Technology. Wasabi is the world's hottest cloud storage company and it's become the go-to provider for professional and collegiate sports teams including 20 major league baseball teams like the Red Sox and NHL teams like the Bruins and Vancouver Canucks. Even the Liverpool Football Club is getting in on the Wasabi action. So why is Wasabi the MVP? Well, Wasabi was purpose-built to free businesses from skyrocketing storage costs and unpredictable transaction fees that the Amazon's 
of the world are charging. In fact, Wasabi is up to 80% less than those hyperscalers and doesn't charge a cent for businesses to access their data. From Wasabi's AI-enabled intelligent media storage, Wasabi Air, to the industry's only cloud storage service with triple protection against cyber criminals, data deletion, and ransomware, Wasabi's taking the lead in driving innovation in data storage and helping sports teams to unleash the power of their data. Wasabi, another Boston-based championship team. 